Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Home Class Movie Chat. We are so excited for you to be hey, here today. Hun, yes? What? What about the intro music? <gasps> I forgot about that. Here comes the music. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Class Movie Chat. We are your hosts, married couple Kat. And Paul. And we are movie addicts. I was we are. trying to put that in the first part in my brain. I'm glad. Um, it's okay. We had to reboot her a little while ago, so she's fine now. <laughs> I think I need something to eat. I think so. I think it's starting to crash big time on, on this. Now, this movie, this week, this is a very interesting movie. I actually really like this one. Me too. Um, I surprisingly did. I honestly didn't think I was going to like it because I usually yeah. don't like movies like this. Because I really, I mean, you know, I, I wanted to include this on my horror podcast. But this movie was released, uh, let's see, on December the 7th, 2022 and January the 6th, 2023, all over the United States. It runs for 102 minutes. It is Megan. But it's is written as M three G A N, so Mathrigan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is it. The movie was actually released, as I said, um, in twenty twenty three. Okay, the, and and Me- Megan M three G A N stands for Model Three Generative Android. Yes, it is. Now it was the budget was twelve million dollars. The box office was $181 million. So it is very, very successful. And I was actually sitting there saying to, to Kat when we watched this movie, I want, actually, even she said, you know, I wonder if they're going to make a sequel. Well, guess what? A sequel to Megan titled Megan 2.0 is scheduled to be released on January the 17th, 2025. And we'll get into why that is later. But I would like to say the time of its release, this is one of the first films within the previous 45 years, 45 years, mind you, to be released theatrically on the first Friday in January and obtain a certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. This is very rare as most films released in this particular time frame are usually panned by critics. And most films are released on a Thursday, not the Friday. Now, you did say to me about the Rotten Tomato score. So it actually has got a 93% on the tomato meter and a 78% audience score. So wow. this is a very, very uh, well-received movie. Yeah. And I, I was even saying to you that there is a movie that, that is very close to this. And that was the movie Chucky, uh, Child's Play, that I think is very close to to this, um, to the movie of Megan. I mean... You know, I mean, I understand that Chucky was a doll and Megan was this android robot, but very close to the same sort of um, storyline, kind of. Yeah, you know, it is. I actually have keep talking for a second because I have some. I think I have some trivia about that, and I'm trying to find it. Yeah, because I because I, I sort of looked at the movie and thought, well, wow, if 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 I'm looking at this correctly, that you could really see that with with Child's Play, you got Andy who's got you know the child the Chucky doll. And you know you've got this uh, daughter Keddie, um, and she's got Megan, and it's like, well, it's the same sort of scenario. I mean, even though that obviously, as we all know, Child's Play with with Chucky, um, you know, he was a uh, serial killer. All right. That- yeah, I can't find my thing, but I will. Oh, there it is. Okay, well, sort of. The idea for the film began when James Wan's Atomic Monster Productions was brainstorming story ideas and chose one about a killer doll. Although the Wan-produced film Annabelle from 2014 is about a killer doll, he said pretty much the concept is about embracing technology too much and relying too much on it. And what happens when technology runs amok? It's a commentary on the world we live in, and it feels relevant. Jason Bloom stated that the film would have black comedy elements, which is one reason Gerard Johnstone was chosen to direct, saying we needed someone who can do the thrills and set pieces, but who also has a cheeky approach. Juan admired Johnstone's film Housebound from 2014 because of his ability to balance the horror and comedy elements by creating a tone that is both frightening and humorous, and this sensibility was essential for Megan. And that's why James Wan is already in talks right now with John Stone to return as the director of this movie. 
which yeah. you could see that he he's an integral um part of the movie. You yeah, know, he really needs to bring that out because he was very I think it was very instrumental watching this movie of just how talented he is um in the direction that Megan took and the way that it was set up and the different shots and the way that it was actually portrayed in the movie. Yeah, I found my note. Okay. Several sequences make references and homages to Child's Play from 1988. Yeah. Several of the focus shots on Katie are in, the little girl yeah, Katie, are inspired yeah. by frames of Andy in some scenes from Child's Play. Even the battle between Gemma and Megan is inspired by the final climax of Child's Play where when Karen Barclay confronts Chucky. Yes, the 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 classic scene where she gets um the she's holding um Chucky and uh, she actually goes to the box and it says batteries included and she turns the box and the two batteries fall out and that's when Chucky's head rotates around and looks at her and goes hi I'm Chucky wanna play and she throws the doll underneath the um the, the sofa so yeah it's a very big homage having never seen child's play I'll have to take your word for it no oh, you should see it I've got it you need to no it. movies about killer dolls give me nightmares i know you think it's hilarious <laughs> no i'm thinking about the one that you actually hate the um the, 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 the trilogy of terror yeah that one i know you think it's silly because no, I, going back now they're ridiculous and stupid and well, you've seen annabelle and you, you and you're... and all of that but when you're like seven and you see this doll that just won't die and it's coming after somebody with a butcher knife and it's it it haunted me for it still haunts me. It really did something to my psyche. Yeah, I mean, there, there. I mean, as I said, you've seen Annabelle, so you know that shouldn't. It, this shouldn't be like Child's Play. Shouldn't terrify you. If you've seen Child's Annabelle. Play should be Child's Play. It should be Child's Play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In saying that, before we get any further on this podcast, we need to listen to the trailer of this movie. Good so idea. sit back and relax because we are going to listen to the trailer of, if you want to say Mithrigan, but if not, you're going to say, we're going to listen to the trailer of Megan. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. Just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out? Yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. <laughs> Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. Turn off. Recalibrating response model. <laughs> Megan! What's wrong with you? Don't worry, Katie. I won't let anything harm you. Ever again. Now, I know there are some of you that sit there and go, Megan, it's Megan. Yeah, in Australia, we can say Megan, but I've, I'm going with Megan because that's the way it's pronounced in this movie as Megan. So now the movie opens up where we, I have done this stupid thing. I will agree to it. I will. And Kat will definitely say that I have done this stupid thing. 
we were driving back from Indiana, back to Massachusetts, and we were caught in a snowstorm. We were on the highway. I was traveling with my um, hazard lights flashing at 25 miles an hour. Is that dumb, stupid, and ridiculous? Yes, it is, because I could not see the road in front of me. And Kat had said to me on numerous occasions, let's pull over and let and just wait we the storm out. We stopped at a rest area for a pee break. And we and should have stayed there. got out, peed, and got back on that road with all yep. of the semis that were sliding around on that highway. Yeah. So I will definitely agree that that is the dumbest thing that I could have done. I was putting both of our lives at risk of traveling at 25 miles an hour on yep. that highway with basically white out conditions. I couldn't yep. see in front of me. So if anyone has seen it might that, not be quite as bad as that, but it was no, pretty darn but close. We've, but we've everyone's seen star Wars where they go into hyperspace and you can see all the, the stars suddenly rip uh, in front of you. And then you're like in a, in a tunnel. That's basically what that's I kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie opens up where we're watching the the parents of Kate, of Katie, and Katie's eight the years. Three of, of them are in the car. They're driving up to the mountains in whiteout conditions. The car's sliding all over the place, and even the father, uh, even sorry, even the mother says, "I think we needed chains on the tires." And he's like, "We didn't need chains on the tires before this started. And now we do." And at some stage along the trip, you know, the car is sliding all over the place. They get stuck. It gets stuck, and then all of a sudden you see a huge pair of headlights and they are killed as in the mother and the father are killed in a car accident being hit by a truck and because katie was in the back seat she lived luckily katie managed to yeah managed to survive although she I'm was not badly sure she thought it was so lucky but no she was badly badly injured but she managed to survive and the one thing about this movie that's very very um nerve-wracking to begin with is that she's holding this this doll it's uh from the funky company it's like a high-tech sort of robotic um Furby, if you will. And it, yeah. <laughs> and it just talks and stuff like that and it makes noise and makes sounds and stuff. And she at one stage when the car like slides a little bit, the Furby drops to the floor. So she is trying to grab a hold of this. And of course the mother and father are like, don't get out of the car seat. You know, and when they're trying to keep control of the car, she gets out of the car seat to go and reach for this Furby. And the mother happens to see her do that, puts her back into the car seat and puts the car seat back on her. So now she's securely strapped in. Therein lies the the way that Katie was able to be uh, able to survive this is because she had a seatbelt on. Not you know not saying that it, yeah. it, it, she couldn't have been trapped, but she is badly injured in this in this um, accident. And now we see that her only living uh, relative, which is her aunt Gemma, Katie has to go and live with her. And of course, Kate, uh, Gemma is a robotic a robotics expert at the high tech Seattle toy company by the name of Funky. And it's the same company that, that Katie had actually had this big giant Furby. That Which she is probably playing. how she got the toy. Yeah, exactly. Aunt. Now I'd like to point out that Gemma does live in Seattle and there are palm trees visible outside her house, which do not grow in the climate there. So now we're thinking that there we are living in LA. And early in the movie, Gemma and Katie are driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, which is not only not in Seattle, it's a <laughs> suspension bridge of which Seattle uh. has none. Uh, so just like last week, watch this movie, enjoy it, but don't take it. Don't, don't look too closely. Don't look too closely, people. You're going to see so many inconsistencies. It's not funny. Um, but so now we're seeing that the, the, the company that Gemma's working for funky is trying to come up with the next big thing and it's just not happening. They're trying to come up with, because there's another company that actually has come out with a very similar doll that the funky company have come out with this, this Furby that talks, well, this is something that like it's, it's butt lights up or something like that. And it's very, it's, it's, it's a little bit more high tech than what this one is. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Gemma has, is, has been covertly using the company's resources to develop Megan. And as you said, it was the model three generative Android. And it's a child sized humanoid robot doll powered by artificial, artificial intelligence Designed to be the ultimate companion. Now, if anyone's ever seen Terminator, we all know what AI can do and what robots can do. Those movies terrify me because you just can't stop them. No. And so we are getting very close to that precipice where we are getting artificial intelligence into the world. And, you know, I don't know if any of these, these people that are doing this have ever seen the Terminator. I've seen the movies. And Especially thought, 
yeah, it's like, come on, people, do you realize that this is what could happen? So now I'd also like to point out that while Gemma's doing the pitch presentation for Megan, she states that it uses an A17 bionic processor. Mm. This is a naming convention used by Apple for its mobile processors, implying that there's a collaboration with Apple to provide the processors for the robot. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Careful, everyone. <laughs> Don't get too far into things. Now, the thing is with, with Katie, you know, obviously, as we know, she's lost her parents. So really, I don't think that there's much of a relationship that she has between herself and Gemma. I mean, you know, as far as a niece and aunt yeah. relationship. Yeah, they, they aren't close. They're not. Well, and Ge uh, Gemma loves to work and that's her thing. She's really yeah, married she to her work. But in this first scene where we're first introduced to the prototype, You'll notice that a technician uses a pen to track Megan's eye movement. The way yeah. the scene is presented through Megan's point of view is very similar to the montage scene where Officer Murphy is reconstructed in RoboCop in Night from 1987. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. They, yep. do, do, they do do that in, in RoboCop. Damn. Yep. This movie is taking some... Some definitely, I mean, that's that's a classic movie, so they've definitely got that on on board. Um, but as we're seeing that Gemma and and Katie just don't have a relationship, and and yeah. Katie is very, she's very withdrawn, very depressed. Gemma just doesn't know what to do with you know with Katie, and she's trying everything she can possibly think of to try and get her to come out of her shell. But once again, the child's just gone through a very traumatic experience, being involved in a car accident and losing her mother and father. So we can't expect her to be jumping through hoops anytime soon. No. You know. Um I mean, trust me, even as an adult when you know the passing of your parent is expected, it still takes a while. Exactly, it does. So you never you never truly prepared for what's going what's going to happen. No. And, so and with you're her, never you're never prepared to lose your parents. No. So with Katie um losing her parents at such a young age in such a way uh, in a blink of an eye, it yeah, she's not going to be coming out of this anytime soon. You know, even to the point where Gemma's even gone and got her like a child psychologist to try and break down some of the walls. And um, you know, because she's going to be going for for full custody, the courts have instructed a uh, a child therapist to come to the house and to basically like just watch them interact with each other and the interaction does not go well well it's, it's like and when they when she first brings katie home um she's looking at the toys on the shelf in the living room and she's like no those aren't toys and she's well, like, okay yeah. yes they are but they're collectibles we don't play with them yeah but then but when, when the, the person the woman's there doing the evaluation she's like oh well, let's just open one up and play with it yeah and it's like and even Gemma goes well it's not a okay yeah let's open it up because you know, they've got, she's got nothing like Gemma doesn't have, a, I mean, why would she have, why would she toys? have a, a kid friendly house? She doesn't. So, and, and watching these two, you know, because at one stage she opens up this collectible and she, they're rolling it backwards and forwards to each other. And Gemma's trying to say to this therapist, it does other things than rolling backwards and forwards to each other, but it is so forced. I mean, yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the child therapist would go back to the courts and say, uh no it's not a good fit those two are so polar opposites um they've got nothing in common they don't even seem to like each other yeah. they are it's just it's just it's just not going to work yeah. and, and katie's not going to thrive in the environment for which that she's trying to be there um so let's not worry about having her go with Gemma. so it's a the, the scene that you're watching is sitting there going oh my god this is so uncomfortable but once again, we're trying to establish some sort of way of breaking down the barriers between Gemma and yeah. Katie. And this is actually going to happen because after a very unsuccessful test of Megan in, in Gemma's lab, Gemma's boss, David, discovers the project and orders her to discontinue working on it. And he's like, you know, this is a prototype. This is, this is a prototype. This is something that we started. It wasn't going to work. It hasn't worked. Concentrate on this. And you product. have not had authorization and you're using company funds yeah. to do it. And I mean, honestly, she should have lost her job at that point. She should have. But with the fact that this other company has bought out this Furby that lights its ass up and does whatever, and and this toy company that, that Gemma's working for is trying to compete on the same level to get something better than that toy company, just going after this Megan prototype, yeah, I can understand why David would, would be sitting there going, 
I don't give a shit what you're working on. We need to try and come up with something better. This yeah. doesn't work. Continue get get another thing out. Another the another Furby variation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is what they're trying to do. But this this Furby thing, um, you know, it's a great idea, but there's other companies come up with something a lot better, and now it's now time to rally around trying to beat them at their own game, which is really is going to be yeah, very because now hard they've to... come out with kind of a Megan idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because now Gemma and, and Katie are, are still struggling to connect until Katie discovers Bruce, which is a motion capture robot that Gemma created. And it's like this big Yeah, if if what's what's the one with um True Steel or something with Hugh Jackman? Real Steel. Real Steel. And it's kind of along the idea of that where it's a larger thing and you strap on like the gloves and it monitors your movements. Yeah. So you control the movement of the robot. Yeah. The robot does all the work, but you're actually doing it. So if you if you put strap on, as you said, the gloves and you move your hand to the left or the right, it mimics what it's doing. So when Katie sees this in Gemma's workshop, she's like, Holy crap, that's that's awesome. cool. That's cool. And Gemma's like, Yeah, but it's just it's a little bit clunky. It's yeah, but you know, and then she's like, Oh, this is and Gemma's suddenly motivated to complete Megan because it's like, oh, so she's interested she in She reacted this. to this. This is something that we can build on because if she's interested in, in this, then this might be the stepping stone that I'll need to try and gain more of a relationship with Katie than I have right now. So, And, and even, it'll help me advance the research. Yeah. So so Katie does say to me, to, to, uh, sorry, Gemma does say to Katie, would you like to come to my, my laboratory and see something that I've been working on? She's like, yeah, absolutely. So when we go into the into the when they go into the workshop now, they've had a very unsuccessful test of Megan because yep. at one stage the head blew up. So well, it turns out her assistant forgot to put one of the key pieces into yeah. her. So the whole thing blew <laughs> the whole thing blew up. So yep. we've got to start from scratch in again. front of the boss. In yeah, in front of the boss, which is not a good, not a good look. But um so Gemma brings Katie into the laboratory and says to her, this is Megan. And it's at this stage that we see that Megan is actually formally paired with Katie. Now, when I say paired, it's like her in the, the, the Megan. So Katie, she at, has Katie come over and look directly at Megan. No, not no? just that. She has her put her two fingertips oh, on right. her so that Megan registers her and she becomes bonded with yeah, her bonded. systems. Yeah. And then that's when Megan looks at her features and puts her the Katie's facial features yeah, and she, and into she, a databank. And she becomes her person. Yeah. And it basically means that now that as Gemma says, it's up to you to take care of her, not only physically, but emotional needs as yep. well. So now you're pair bonded. And um David is is convinced of the project's potential for success because we see that at some stage that David comes back into the into the laboratory. Uh, it's like a viewing window. Oh, they're watching through a two-way mirror. Yeah. And in the other room, it's like a playroom. And Megan is sitting on this, on this, you know, this um, bench. bench. And so we see that Gemma comes in and even David's like, we've done this before. It's not going to work. We're not going to go with doing this. And Gemma walks in with Katie. And this is where Megan immediately stands up and greets Katie and says, do you want to hang out? Do you want to draw? Do you want to? And suddenly, well, no. He watched them get bonded. Yeah, and then and then sees, her, and then they, out. and they, and it's like watching two little girls playing together. Yeah, and then it's like you know, uh, at one stage, uh, Megan says, "Do you want to draw?" And Katie's like, "Okay." And Megan starts drawing something, and like when you see the bit of paper, there's nothing on there. And even Katie says, "There's nothing on here," and she goes, "Oh." And and Megan knocks over a water glass, and as the water goes over the paper. It then produces the picture. A watercolor picture of Katie of that Katie. is absolutely stunning. It is beautiful. And it's like, and even David's sitting there going, oh, I can see money. I can see money. This oh, is good. Oh, we're going to make millions. <laughs> so it's all about the all about the cash as far. And look, I understand. It's his company. He wants to get the get it, um, get the, the, the money. So of course, yes. Oh no, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Megan's yeah. appearance. Yeah, go for it. 
In post-production, Amy McDonald, who played Megan, mm -hmm. her physical performance as Megan was enhanced by digital visual effects by New Zealand-based effects studio Weta FX. Speaking about the design of Megan, Gerard Johnston stated that he looked to screen icons from the 50s like Audrey Hepburn, Grace Kelly, and Kim Novak for inspiration. If you've never seen Bell, Book, and Candle, that book with uh, Kim Novak and Jimmy Stewart, it's wonderful. But I wanted some 70s naturalism to counteract her synthetic nature so the hair is 100% Peggy Lipton. Now, Megan's voice is modeled in part from another famous artificial intelligence gone rogue, GLaDOS from Portal in 2007. This is most noticeable during scenes when Megan's voice is auto-tuned in order to sound glitchy. Oh, I didn't, I've never seen that movie, so I don't know what voice really? it would be. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I haven't seen that. If, if it's an animated kids movie, I, I wouldn't know. Chances I've never seen it. But what's interesting is Kimberly Crossman voiced Megan during production, and it wasn't until later that Jenna Davis's voice was added. However, during the film, Crossman's voice can still be could still have been used, especially for the scenes where Megan got angry and used profanity towards Gemma. Mm. Yeah, because as we're going to find out, Megan is not what we, um, what we expect to be because now we're seeing that, that Megan has exceeded expectations and begins to take on a parental role. And I love it how we're seeing like a montage. And, you know, at one It's stage, almost like a commercial at this point. It really point. is. Because at one stage, Gemma, uh, Gemma goes into the bathroom and goes, oh, Katie, please flush the toilet. So... At this stage, when we see that Megan is now brought into the house. Yeah, it says that, you know, the Megan doll can take over some of these routine supervisory tasks yeah. so that you don't have to. So we're seeing that that Katie is coming out of the bathroom and Megan is standing near the door and she goes, Katie, flush the toilet. So Katie goes in and she goes, and wash your hands and washes her. And of course, Katie washes her hands. And then she walks out and she goes, good job. And they high five each Bye. other. And then, then another, it shows her later again and is like, seriously, Katie? Flush the toilet <laughs> and wash your hands. That's like, poor old Katie is just not getting it. But really, as as Gemma says, you know, Kate, uh, the, this robot, Megan, is not going to judge you. She's not going to be and get angry at you. It's a parental role that she's taking, but she's not going to lose her temper uh, on you. So, And it means that you don't have to sit there and constantly monitor little stupid stuff like that. Exactly. And I think that's, that's really, that's a really great way to be. Well, I guess in this regard, yes, it is. Um, if parents want to abdicate their duties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Gemma's colleagues, Tess and, and Cole, as well as Katie's therapist, Lydia becomes concerned about Katie's developing an unhealthy, unhealth unhealthy emotional attachment to Megan and it's like well hang on a minute this They're is the only wrong. thing yeah but this is the only thing that's been able to drag Katie out of her emotional distress at this time mm. because Gemma hasn't been able to really relate to her Katie yeah but I don't really like the fact that she's trying to put it off on the toy yeah and... but Megan's really brought her out of her shell and and really when you look at it, it Katie's the same height as Megan and Megan is essentially just another little girl so you know as 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 Katie says you know or as Megan says do you want to be best friends and they, they really are I mean you know when Katie goes to bed Megan is sitting on the She's like recharging is recharging on like a um a huge a window seat. Pad. Yeah. yeah and just sitting there but as she says I'll never let anything happen to you Katie and so, that is foreshadowing. That is very, very much foreshadowing. But I also want to step out for a second. And the, at one point, Megan plays a song on the piano for Katie. Yep. Did you recognize it? No. It's Toy Soldiers, a 1988 hit for Martika. Oh, okay. Now I get, now I, now, now I you remember it. that? Now I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I like that, that song very much. And while we're stopped here, I'm just going to talk about the puppet version of it. Mm -hmm. Adrian Murat and Kathy Say of Murat FX Studio created an animatronic puppet version of Megan. That was used for dialogue and close-ups. There was also a second animatronic used for certain scenes, as well as a posable stunt version of Megan that wasn't puppeteered. The animatronic Megan was puppeteered via a variety of techniques, which included radio-controlled facial expressions performed by Adrian and Kathy in tandem, auto automated lip sync for the dialogue, temp tracks were provided during filming by New Zealand actress Kimberly Crossman, and a puppeteer physically moving Megan's head and body. 
Oh, okay. And a lot went into this. Yeah, into absolutely. Now there is certainly some foreshadowing, but there's certainly a, there is a like a, a a side story about in Meg in Megan is that um, Gemma's next door neighbor has this little dog that will, oh. that has chewed through the the um, fence and continuously goes into Gemma's yard, and Gemma is trying to be very very uh, diplomatic and says to her next door neighbor, "Please." Keep your dog on the other side of the fence. Oh, and I'd also like to point out that there's a foreshadowing moment when we discover that Megan can record. Oh, that's right. She um in the in the pitch where da- where David was watching at Funky yeah. Toys, um, Megan says, "Well, tell me a story about your mother." That's right. She says, if you ever need it, I have it right here, and puts her hand on her chest, and then replays the story in. Katie's voice. Voice, yeah. So we know that she can mimic other people's voices. Terminator people, Terminator. They do, he does Skynet the same thing. Skynet man. Skynet. This it's coming. Be yep, prepared. It is. But um, that's a really key yeah. thing to keep in mind. Very much so, because um, as we're seeing, this this dog Dewey keeps going onto Gemma's property, and Gemma has asked the next door neighbor time and time again to please um, keep it off the off the property. Yeah. So. We were seeing that Katie is out the back and she's playing cowboys and Indians and she's got, she's an Indian. She's got a bow and arrow and she says to, and of course, um, Megan's not outside. She's just looking from uh, inside the house, outside at Katie, just keeping an eye on her. And Katie says to Megan, I've lost one of my arrows. Can you find it or can you see it? And Megan basically scans the, the backyard and sees that, where the hole in the fence is where Dewey is, that's where the arrow is. Yep. And she realizes that there is danger there because there's a dog. Yep. Katie is walking around trying to find where this arrow is and happens to see that, yes, that's where it is. And as Katie puts her hand in uh, into the other person's property through the hole in the fence, the dog grabs a hold of Katie's arm. Yeah, I always, for some it. reason, I thought that was Megan that did that. No, no. Okay. Yeah, this, is how, this is how it started, right? So Gemma's in the house and she's doing something on her laptop with her headphones on. Megan runs out to try and get a hold of Katie to, to rescue her out of this dog biting her arm. And as Megan puts her hand in, the dog then starts biting Megan and then, mm-hmm. then drags her into the yard and starts ripping her, ripping her hair. And as at this stage, the screaming's happening, that Gemma runs out and sees Dewey being attacked, uh, Dewey attacking Megan. And so this is the foreshadowing because now we see that Megan starts operating more independently and starts targeting anything that she deems a threat to Katie. Yep. And she realizes that, well, the first thing that's, that's a, 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 because she's already got bitten by this dog, she's got a cast on her hand. The first threat is the dog. So we see that um, Megan goes outside and starts calling for Dewey in yep. her owner's voice. Yep. And Dewey looks over to where the hole in the fence is, and we can see that there's some treats that are dropped outside the fence. Of course, Dewey goes out to get a hold of uh, the treats, and we suddenly see that that Megan grabs a hold of Dewey and is pulled through, and she kills Dewey, uh, the next door neighbor's dog. So, yep. Um, and this this whole thing is it's it's starting to build up because we can see that Megan is not. Like every time that there's a conversation, there's a conversation at the at the dining room table where Katie doesn't want to eat her greens, and Megan says, "You know, it's it's been it's really been shown that if you if you try to push someone to eat something when they're younger, they reject it as an adult." And me and this is where Gemma goes, uh, "Megan, power off!" And Megan turns off, and then something turns back on again, and starts to talk, and she's like, "Uh." Megan and she goes. I thought we were having a conversation, and she says, "Megan, power off." So Megan does turn up, but you can start to see that Megan is starting to start working independently to what yeah. what this uh, is supposed to happen. Unfortunately, so we also see that Megan, uh, sorry, that not Megan, Katie is invited to go out to this. Um, is it like a camping trip? It's, or it's, it... it's it's like a day camp for kids. A day camp for kids. Yeah, and she wants to take Megan. And all the kids have got their own toys. And even um, Gemma says, well, listen, it's not actually supposed to be outside the laboratory and it's not supposed to be seen by anybody. But 
And even the camp counselor says, "Is that a is that a, a doll?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's a it's a model three gen generation robot." Um, Megan it's, it's just like, yeah, no, it's it's it, and so they end up sitting her on the bench by the tree with all the other toys, with all the stuffed toys. And yeah. Megan is not happy. Megan is very unhappy with the situation, but Megan is watching Katie very very closely, and they're all going to be going. Uh, all the kids are going to be going in pairs to pick some stuff up in the woods and unfortunately katie is saddled with this guy or this boy by the name of brandon he's a total bully he's a total bully and um we see that uh as as we're going through this boy really attacks katie um because katie picks up something off the ground to put into her basket and this is where brandon comes up and pushes the thing into the palm of her hand really hurting her Mm -hmm. and suddenly we see that Megan has it was like a spiky spike yeah it was like a spiky pine cone or something yeah into her hand and we suddenly see that Megan is standing uh in the background watching this whole thing going on and this is where Brandon catches a side of her and goes oh what's that and she and of course Katie says that's Megan that's my doll and he goes and of course Megan says something and we then see that Brandon manages to grab a hold of Megan and walks away after pushing Katie down on the ground Now, this is another callback to the game Portal 2 from 2011. Okay. Megan, whose glitchy voice is inspired, is inspired and nearly similar to the rogue AI GLaDOS, tells Brandon, this is the part where you run. GLaDOS tells the protagonist something similar in chapters nine of the game, where she says, this is the part where he kills you. Yes. And I also wanted to say in the trailer for the film, Mm-hmm. Megan tells Brandon, you should probably run. Yes. But in the, the movie itself, she says, this is the part where you run. Megan drops to all fours to chase Brandon down, likely because of how replicating bipedal movement at high speed is still a problem for real world robotic scientists. Yes. Yeah. And that's what she does in this instant, because even you and I were saying in this scene we're seeing is that um, so Brandon grabs a hold of Megan, runs away from katie katie doesn't know where megan is and you know we see that he throws megan down onto the ground and basically straddles her so as far as i'm concerned as even as you said this is a this is a rapist uh in the makings because he's yeah he was a rapist in training yeah because he's straddled over her if she was a real little girl i think he would have actually raped her yeah because the scene we're watching she's laying on the megan's laying on the ground He's straddled over the top of her, and he's saying, because he'd, 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 he'd actually heard Megan say something, and when he actually asked Katie to make her say something again, she wouldn't do it. So when Brandon takes uh, Megan, throws her onto the ground, straddles her, and says, talk, and she doesn't say anything, and he literally, open hand, slaps her across the face really hard and says, talk and she doesn't say anything so then he he takes one of megan's shoes off which is basically as kat was saying this is a rapist in the making if this was a real little girl the pants would come off next and he would rape her Uh or sexually assault her in some way with something definitely so this is where megan suddenly springs to life and grabs his ear and literally pulls his ear off Uh. and he he backs back and megan stands back up and this is when as you said she says this is you should probably run mm-hmm. and he starts running and megan goes down on all fours like a cheetah and races after him and he falls he falls down this hill onto this road and he's hit by a passing car and <laughs> my, and unfortunately and i don't want to say it because i know it sounds terrible but both cat and i both said yes that's what he deserved because this was a rapist in the making. If he had have lived, he would be serving time in jail for rape. Because... And I am not a violent person. Oh, we, we are but not. I, no. I like it when evil people get their comeuppance. Yeah, and he de- he's definitely deserved his comeuppance. So now we transition back to the house, and um, Gemma's next door neighbor, Celia, starts blaming Gemma for Dewey's disappearance. Um, and you know, she's wandering around and, you know, you got to feel sorry for this poor lady. She's walking around at nighttime. She's, she's just got, so lost without her dog. Yeah. She's got the, the, the food bowl. She's shaking it, but she actually did say to Gemma that that thing, the, the, the robot is always looking out the window at nighttime and moves around. Now I 
was remembering that there was a story of a of a haunted doll by the name of Robert, and even you know people have had seen Robert standing in the window, and had actually seen him moving from window to window, and saying that he was he was alive. And no, I'm not. I him, think so. I, as far as I know, didn't Celia think she was another little girl, not a robot? Yes, yeah. So exactly. she just thought she was a weird and creepy little girl. Little kid. And she, and and she actually like, had reported Gemma to the police saying, I know she had something to do with the disappearance of my dog. Yes. And of course, this is where Megan decides, well, I'm going to make sure that uh, this doesn't happen. Any problems doesn't happen. And so she manages to get a hold of poor old Celia and fatally sprays her with insecticide, killing her. So, um, no. No, because she goes into the... the um, she hears... A, what she thinks is a dog um, barking or, or in, her shed. in her shed. So she goes into her shed saying, Dewey, is that you? And we see that this is where Megan. And then Megan comes out of the shadows. And then attacks her and sprays her in the face with this insecticide, mm-hmm. killing her. So it's like, No, oh. that is not how she died. No? How did she die? The pneumatic nail gun. She hits her with a nail gun first, but then she and sprays then, yeah, herself and then in sprayed the face. her with the pesticides. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want it, but it's the nail gun is important because a it's really hard to watch. But I also want to point out that a pneumatic device, such as a pneumatic nail gun, has to be at- attached to a source of air of pressure air. Yes, it and does. it wasn't attached to anything. No, these types of nail guns also have safety devices that prevent them from being fired without being against an object. So it would like have to be right up against her head, not across the room. Yeah. So once again, people, if you're watching this movie, it's a great movie. I like it. Just don't look too close. Don't look too close. So I like it how now Gemma becomes very suspicious of Megan and attempts to check her video logs. And because she's like, well, you know, because she starts to see, she goes into the files and sees that Megan was watching Brandon. And she thinks, okay, well, well, obviously, this the you know the, the doll backs up all the files. I want to see what she's been up to. Yeah. But she finds that all the files have been corrupted or suddenly deleted. Um, and of course, Gemma then powers Megan off and brings her to the lab, where of course Tess and Cole attempts to fix her. And of course, Katie then becomes absolutely distressed when she's separated from Megan. And this is where I mean, I mean look, I can understand she is very, very upset that this doll is being taken away from her, but the vicious slap that um Katie does to Gemma in front of the um the 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 court person uh, is not going to win you a huge amount of favors because that Katie did to Gemma or Gemma did to Katie. No, Katie does to Katie does to Gemma. Yes, yes, yes. I remember now. In front of the the, yep. the lady, the, the the child psychologist, and she's like, "Just just give her a minute. Give her a minute. It's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine." Um, and of course, Gemma apologizes for to her for inattentiveness towards Katie and says that, you know, that Megan is just a distraction that helps her cope less with what's going on with her family, with her mother and father. Helps her cope not, better with what's going yeah, on. But she's not a solution, Katie. She's, she's not going to be the, you know, you, you can't just make her as this is the one thing that's going to get you through the rest of your life, mm-hmm. which is really interesting the way that we've got it, because this is where Gemma really brought Megan into it. Gemma was basically checking out, checking out away from Katie anyway. So yeah. to have that distraction of this doll that was able to take over all the duties that Gemma doesn't want to do, yeah. Well, you are replacing her with you're essentially replacing her with uh, Megan with you or mm-hmm. you with Megan, yeah. Because you don't want to deal with her inability to flush the toilet or wash her hands or eat her greens or whatever. So you're you're you've put her into the situation so for you to stand in front of of katie and say oh by the way this is just a distraction to help you cope with your loss but she's just a toy it's just a toy it's like no it's not not just a toy this is someone that i have been able to talk to about my feelings about i've told her a story about my mother and father i she understands what i'm going through she's there to 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 be with me she's there to sing and she's with there me. with me for me all the time when no one else is exactly so for to her for her to be sitting there saying it's not a solution it really is Gemma's made megan as a solution for katie so you, you really can't say it's not a solution so after and watching, so lydia really did make her cry during that therapy session yeah um so at one stage we see that megan is now going to supposed to be 
released worldwide. Um, but it has to get through the funky investors. And of course, they've got to go and they've got to, uh, so they're in this, this, as you said, this room, which is a two-way mirror, and they get a chance to see Megan and Katie interact. And of course, this absolutely does the, oh, yep, absolutely, we'll go ahead. We're with, making millions. Yeah, making millions out of this. Um, but of course, rec- recognizing that the risk she poses, Gemma, Tess, and Cole decide that they're going to terminate Megan. Not a good idea. Um, and of course, Tess and Cole attempt to shut down Megan while Gemma takes Katie home because it's like, okay, well, you know, after the test is so successful and all the investors are like, yes, we are going to green light this, let's go, let's make millions. This is where Gemma says to Katie, she has Megan has to stay here. We got to start because Gemma's her. saying to the bosses, I'm not sure this is a good idea. I don't, yeah. she's not ready. No, she's not. And in all honesty, we can see that she's already deleted her her backup files. She's corrupted them. She's killing people. I think it's a good idea to maybe terminate this situation. So let, yeah, I'll take, or I'll at take least Katie. make sure it's safe. Put in some safeguards. Yes, <laughs> because there is a safeguard where there's a little button on the side of Megan's um, neck that even even Gemma manages to trick uh, Megan at some stage. Uh, Gemma holds a, a pen up to Megan and goes, oh, Megan, do you see this pen? And as she looks up, she manages to touch the button to turn her off. So it's like, yeah. almost like, uh, it's like a fail-safe. Yeah. But there needs to be some sort of fail-safe in Megan to make sure she doesn't become homicidal. But... Bazinga. Bazinga. <laughs> when when she, when she, when Leonard thought he powered off the virtual presence exactly. and Sheldon turned it back on remotely and scared the crap out of Leonard. Yeah. Is bazinga. <laughs> so, of course, we do see that Gemma is, is trying to take Katie home and saying to, to Katie, listen, Megan's got to stay here. We've got to start duplicating her. We've got to start running diagnostics. So she's going to be just be gone for a little while. She's coming home, but she's just going to be gone. But even though Gemma, Tess and Cole all know that we need to shut her down, we, we can't have her roaming the, the, the world at all. Yeah. Um, but, of course, unfortunately, Megan activates on her own and nearly hangs Cole. Of course, while Tess saves Cole, Megan causes an explosion in the lab. So those two are, are killed, unfortunately. Now, I'd like to t- to talk about that for a second. Yeah. So they had Megan up in the same, like, puppet Yeah, frame puppet pose, yeah. That she was suspended from in the first time we, we met her with the uh, example that failed. It's very much similar to, like, a marionette pose, isn't it? Yes, very much. Yeah. So Megan uses the frame she suspended from to hoist Cole up off the ground almost succeeding in hanging him. Yeah. But this would only be possible if Megan was heavier than Cole, because if you look closely, the cable is strong just through a simple pulley, a one-to-one ratio with no mechanical advantage. So if you know anything about physics, you know this will not work. Yeah. Earlier, Megan was light enough for a 12-year-old boy to easily pick her up and carry. So certainly she is not the same weight as even the lightest of adult men. Yeah. I I sort of like looked at that and thought, hmm, I'm just wondering, you know. Yeah. Um, now we also find out with all the things that are going on with with this company, um, David's got the David, the owner of the company, has got this assistant by the name of Kurt, and David had already already been suspicious that there was a leak in the company because whenever Funky made uh, a doll suddenly the opposing the the rival company would get the same sort of idea and make the the See, um... this is this is something because we saw earlier in the film what was his name david no david's the owner kurt's the assistant. kurt we saw kurt downloading information we saw him putting it a thing in a thing to give to someone else we saw david disrespecting him but i never really saw the competition stuff well, if you look at the original funky little thing that, that uh, Katie had in the car, and then when the opposing company right. made the same thing with a light-up butt, yeah. did something else, it's like, wow, that's that's a carbon oh, copy. okay. I think I was actually thinking that he was stealing the Megan stuff, and that's why it never connected. No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying, is that when we see that um, Kurt's sitting in the cafe and downloading all this stuff and sending it off to someone, I think that's the opposing, that's the rival company. Because, well, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's reminiscent of the guy David that played him. Newman in um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, because David comes or Newman, the, the guy who played Newman in Seinfeld was the guy in Jurassic yeah. Park who stole all the secrets. Yeah, because David comes into the cafe and Kurt almost have a, has a heart attack because he's just sent off the emails of all the, the design of Megan. Yeah, he hasn't quite finished, a, or he was just finishing downloading yeah. it 
and, and sending then, it when David walked in and he was afraid he was going to get caught. Yeah, which he didn't. He's like, oh, oh I've just, I'm uh, just sending an email. And he's like, okay, well, can you get me a latte and whatever? But you can see that that Kurt really doesn't have any real value to David. Other he doesn't. Than he's not appreciated at all for for what he is. Yeah. So when you see that Kurt is is downloading this the the schematics of Megan and sending it to a rival, hey. If you're going to be getting more money than, and you're going to be more appreciated than what you are under David, then hey, all, all power to you. I'd do the same thing too. Mm, yes, I know well, it's corporate. No. I know it's corporate espionage, but I'm sorry if you're not getting the respect that you deserve. I mean, as I said, David looks at Kurt as just his lackey. Go and get me this. Go and get me that. That's not hot enough. This is not hot I mean, enough. I do think, this. Do that. I think Kurt was his like PA or something. He was his, his assistant. Yeah, he was personal assistant. Yeah. But really, there there is a way of treating your personal assistants, and there is ways of not. And obviously, Kurt had, had seen David and gone, well, you know, because as I said, when you see the first little Furby doll, and I'm saying Furby because it looks like it, and yeah. then you see the rivals come out with this same Furby doll, but it lights up butt and does something else. It's like, wow, that's a carbon copy of what we did. How? And even David says, how are they getting this information? How are they able to produce something that we've produced? Yeah. So you know, you already know that there's a mole in the company. So we obviously see that because they're making uh, the part two of Megan, that these schematics have gone to a rival that are going to be making something very similar to Megan yeah. coming out. So we know that the because you said to me, so that that storyline wasn't addressed. Well, no, obviously they had it left open for a sequel, for the sequel. that they know they were going to make. But the the you know, and slight spoiler here. What I don't understand is why Mark Megan targeted Kurt. He had nothing to do with anything relating to her or Katie. Well, okay, so we see that before exiting the building, Megan kills David uh, in the elevator, and when Kurt walks in and sees David dead, this is when Megan comes in and goes, "Oh, well, you know, you were you were doing, you know, you were basically being talked down to. You were being disrespected. You weren't being valued. So you killed him." And you killed yourself. And that's why it became a murder, oh, yeah, okay. staging it as a murder-suicide. So in the event that they, when they do get to investigate it, the people will sit there and go, oh, so he killed him and then he killed himself because of the of the um, of how much he regret of the guilt. Now, the Megan thing I it. pointed out to you that you hadn't thought about, yep. as a doll, Megan has no fingerprints. Exactly. So the she is untraceable. So that is this is why she made and it. Unless, but that being said, a high tech company like that is going to have um, security videos everywhere. Yeah, but remember, Megan can patch into that and, and wipe the videos. Yeah, but she didn't. She did it with a hard drive. Well, there's there's no reason that she couldn't have. There's no reason yeah, why but she didn't. We, we don't know that she did. Well, she's blown up part of the laboratory. She's killed two people in an elevator that wouldn't necessarily have a camera. Yes, there's a hallway. So all she needs to do is really just delete the, the I hallway know, video. But the point yeah, is, I, know, I don't yeah. think she thought to do that. Yeah. Now, before we move on, I do want to say that Lydia, the uh, social worker, yeah, was originally killed by Megan during her rampage at Funky Toys because she had upset Katie by making her cry during the therapy session. But when the film was recut to PG-13, and I'll get into why that was later, her death scene was removed from the final cut and she ultimately survived, though her sudden disappearance from the film was never explained. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that. Yep. I never re- I never thought that she'd just disappeared. Okay. Yep. So if they had have kept in the death scene, it would have made more sense when she oh, disappeared. Yeah. While we're talking about Kurt. Yeah. He had obviously been stealing secrets from his company and was the likely reason why Funky's rivals were able to produce cheaper knockoffs to their products. He had succeeded in copying Megan's data files. It's very likely he had already sold those files to another company or even multiples, which means there's a whole legion of Megan duplicate dolls being made. At the end of the film, Elsie, the digital home assistant, turns and looks out the door, indicating Megan may have uploaded her programming to the Internet, and both of these things leave the door wide open for a sequel. Yeah, and that's this is the whole thing is like when you see um at, at the first time when Gemma comes home, she says, Elsie, turn on the lights. And we see this little thing saying, oh, you know, uh, you turn the lights. You know, hello, Gemma. Oh, you've got, you know, three new matches on Tinder. Um, So we do see that, that Meg, and, and I, we both said Megan's uploaded her consciousness to this little, um, yeah. It's like a it's like a little Siri doll, basically. Yeah, basically. But it's she's uploaded her consciousness into this thing because 
for the fact that when she turns and looks towards Gemma at the end of the movie, this little um, Elsie, but it's only the size of, I don't know. Alexa. So, yeah, it's like an Alexa. When it turns and looks towards Gemma, you think, oh, there we go. Yep. Yep. There's the sequel coming. Yep. So we do see that, um, I like it how in this scene we see that um, Megan steals a car and drives to Gemma's house. And, of course, Megan confronts Gemma adamant about taking over as Katie's sole parent. That's that's pretty ballsy when you see that this whole thing's going on. And, I mean, in all honesty, I can understand that because Gemma's passed all their parental responsibilities over to Megan anyway. So it's like, oh, well, I might as well just be the sole parent. Of course, Gemma, Gemma attempts to stop Megan, damaging and disfiguring her in the process. But, of course, Megan ultimately overpowers her. And we see that she's beating the shit out of poor old Gemma, you know, strangling her. And at one stage, Katie um, says to Gemma, Gemma, you're, are you okay? And, she's, and suddenly Megan throws Je, uh, Gemma's, Gemma's voice and voice. says, oh, I'm okay, Katie. I'm just doing something in here. Don't come Don't in come here. Don't come in. I'm okay. Of course, Katie, Don't come managed, in here. Katie manages to save Gemma using Bruce to tear Megan apart. And it's, it's one of those real still moments where she puts the power glove on and starts to beat the shit out of Megan. So it's only a robot against a robot that's actually going to prevail in this whole thing because um, Megan is not going to attack Katie, but Katie is very much, uh, but Megan is definitely going to kill Gemma. So this is, it's just not going to go down well. So the only way that this is going to happen is a robot saving, uh, you know, killing a robot. And this is why Bruce. Because it's the only part. thing with the strength, because earlier in the film or, or actually, well, yeah, earlier in the film, but then when like half of Megan's hair gets pulled out and part of her, uh, um electronic under whatever yeah and, and you just hear in your head Katy perry's i am titanium uh-huh. because she is made from titanium which is like ridiculously strong yeah and hardly anything can can break that yeah so and it luckily, takes the strength of something like bruce to break her yeah and this is why luckily katie manages to get a hold of bruce and starts um attacking uh megan and when he does rip her apart megan's top half remains active and attacks katie at this stage, it's like, almost like all the gloves are off now. I'm going to kick your ass too. But it's, like, Gemma, it's like after everything I did for yeah. you, do this to me. Yeah. We're but supposed man- to be best friends. But luckily, Gemma it's manages to see the an exposing chip in Megan's head and stabs it with a screwdriver, seemingly destroying Megan. And at the final scene we see as Gemma and Katie are exiting the home, Gemma's AI home device turns on by itself and looks directly at them and looks directly at the camera. Yep. The scene goes black, and that is the end of Megan. Okay. Now, on a scale of zero to five movie reels... I zero... still have trivia. I know. Well, we're well, going to get okay. to the trivia. So on a scale of zero to five movie reels, zero being how do I get the last 102 minutes of my life back, to five it was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again, what would you give this movie? I'd give it a solid four. I'm giving it a 4.5 out of five. I really enjoyed I really it. Enjoyed I thought it was movie. well done, but there were some things that just didn't quite work for me. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to the sequel, and I'm glad that they are going to be producing I would the watch sequel. the sequel. Yep, me too. I'll probably end up by buying part one and then and having part two. Yeah. So, trivia, what have we got? Okay. So, Megan making plans that work short-term but fall apart later, such as murdering Brandon... Or, or planning to render Gemma a quadriplegic reflects that she's and, and having Gemma as a quadriplegic would mean that she would have full control over the household, but still get Gemma's income to run everything. Yes, you would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reflects that she's functionally a child who is still learning while she's incredibly intelligent. Gemma provided her function functionally zero support or direction and just expected her to figure things out on her own, which is a, a, a problem of Gemma's. Yeah. Um, now, Allison Williams, who played Gemma, revealed there's a certain unrated moment that makes her sick to her stomach. Okay. She said the unrated version is a lot of fun if you have the stomach for it. When asked if there was a specific scene that made her squirm, she replied, oh, my God, it should be when a child perishes. But at one point, someone's face loses a fight with a pressure washer. And I think that was the neighbor. That was the neighbor. Yeah. 
and it starts to peel off, even though I know how it works behind the scenes. And I watched all the tests they did with the special effects makeup. I still get sick to my stomach when I see it. It just grosses me out. I don't do well with gore in general. So that moment is particularly gnarly to me. Yeah, because I I forgot to say that when Megan attacks the lady in the um in shed. the tool shed with the insecticide, it sort of like blinds her a little bit. And then this is when Megan because because the, the neighbor had been pressure washing. Yeah, I thought it was just the pressure washer. I didn't think no, it was it was, was insecticide. It was insecticide first, mm-hmm. and then the neighbor had been pressure washing her driveway because for, with because she's because remember Gemma saying you're washing all the chemicals from your side down my driveway oh that's right she yeah. did say that didn't so she? because she was cleaning the driveway with the chemicals and then she was pressure washing them to make it clean so when you see Megan attack her in the in the garden shed she fires the chemicals at her which disorientates her and then Megan grabs the pe- pressure washer yeah. her and yeah, fires at her face and basically rips her face apart with the pressure washer Oh, that's right. Now, on a budget of $12 million, principal photography began in June 2021, taking place in Los Angeles, California, and Auckland, New Zealand. The suburbs of Auckland were lend- utilized to lend the film a Denver, Colorado field. This is probably where the accident yep. was filmed. Yeah, Filming was completed by mid-August, right before the COVID-19 lockdown occurred in New Zealand. The film underwent reshoots in post-production in order to secure a PG-13 rating, from the Motion Picture Association after the original cut was deemed too violent. I really hope they bring out an unrated version, which is uh, yeah, because the film. I'd was really original, love to see that. The film was originally shot as an R-rated by the MPAA. Other countries use different different classification systems. Until the producers noticed that while editing that it was close enough to be PG-13. They reshot certain scenes to tone down the violence and believe that it became more effective than actually seeing the violence on the screen. Jason Bloom cited Drag Me to Hell from 2009 as a good MPAA PG-13 horror film that was effective. Yeah, you and I saw, dra- uh, saw, saw Drag Me to Hell. We did? Mm-hmm. Which, what was that about? Um, I'll have to get back to you on that one, but we've okay. seen it. Uh, Annie, Amy McDonald rather performed many of Megan's scenes that called for physical movement that the puppet could not do. She also performed all of her own stunt work. Donald, uh, Amy Donald received movement coaching from Jeff Brophy and Luke Hawker in portraying Megan's agility. On set, Donald wore a static silicone Megan mask created by Murad FX, and this was later replaced by CGI ver- a CGI version of Megan's face to match that of the animatronic. That was actually probably why I would downgrade why I downgraded my rating to a four mm. because the the movements didn't match up for me. There were times that you could tell it was a real person versus the doll and you're talking about like the dancing in the hallway before before she killed david yeah some of it was just like really jerky and it just you know and i get where they were going with it but it just didn't completely work for me yeah no yeah i don't mean i don't think that detracted me from the movie at all i thought that was it just highlighted or just made it a little bit better yeah but it just it just didn't work for me now a couple of fun things first of all would you like the body count yeah, absolutely. Six humans, one dog, and one robot. <laughs> okay, poor dog. Actually, poor I Dewey. would technically say two robots because yeah. the first Megan. Yeah, the first Megan blew up. Yeah, so I'd say actually two robots. Now, once the first trailer went viral on TikTok with teenagers, Universal Studios had the movie retooled to appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. No, but but that this would last, make sense. This last one is kind of my favorite. Okay, actors dressed as Megan showed up to the Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers NFL game on Sunday, January first, twenty twenty three, to promote the film, and they performed a dance routine midfield during halftime. And I'm guessing it was probably the dance that that they were in the doing whole in the way. movie. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Actually. That one that one made me laugh a little bit. That that's actually a, a good way to promote a movie. Yeah. As I said, this movie is as you've said, it's it's been, you know, um very close to child's play. Yeah. Um and you know, it, and then you will I will get you to watch child's play because you'll actually see a lot of the, the similarities between Megan and, and child's play. Okay, or, but if I end up having nightmares of being chased by a killer doll. No, you won't. It's fine. Don't 
bet on it. It's happened. All before. fine. But yeah, no, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Um, you won't regret watching this movie. I don't think there's any part of the movie that I literally sat there and went, "Can we get a move on?" I was actually engrossed in this movie, and it was really surprising because you know you need to have something that really draws your attention. Um, and I think the big reveal when they actually really reveal Megan as the Megan doll, I think, was a great reveal. Yeah. Um, and the way that she interacted with Katie, I think the very first the you know, the accident where, you know, Katie's um, parents are taken, that's very, very um, yeah. heartbreaking um, oh, totally. and very nerve wracking as well. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely, I would definitely recommend anybody if they want to see this movie, it is currently on Netflix, um, but if you can't get it on Netflix where you are, I'm sure you can get it um, at a, on DVD on DVD somewhere, but uh, it is well worth seeing and, and you will definitely be interested in watching the sequel when it comes out. Okay, so that being said, how can people reach us if they want to get in touch? Hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. And any people who are listening to this through the horror crypt, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com or or even easier, creepy at the horrorcrypt.com. There you go. So thanks for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please leave us a like and a review wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. And, and certainly subscribe to us as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. And if you know anybody who would be interested, please feel free to share the, share the podcast because we would love to include more people in the conversation. Absolutely. All right. So thanks for joining us. And in the meantime, we'll catch up at the movies. See you later. 